What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Today, we have a conversation with Scott Wiener. You know Scott. He loves pizza boxes, history of pizza, gives tours of pizza in New York City, and he's been doing a ton of online classes over the course of the last few months. This is a conversation we had from our pizza summit where we did a Q&A with Scott Wiener, where we did our pizza summit, first ever pizza summit, digital, April, uh, early April this year. You can find all of the recordings for those tutorial sessions. I know we've been we shared a couple of the Q and A sessions here because they're they're kind of time sensitive, and I wanted to get them out to everybody to hear. But our tutorial sessions that we had and recorded inside of our Pizza Summit, where we taught about you know Facebook or Instagram or UGC or menu design with Donald Burns, you can find all of those inside of our Mastermind group. If you're a Mastermind member, you get access to those for free, and we will be discussing our next summit. When that is, and who's going to be joining us for that, you know, probably in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that one. Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I'm excited that everything is starting to get reopened. I know in Boston here, we're, we just this week were able to go inside, well, not inside dining rooms, but outside of dining rooms in the patios and the tables outside and you know, I, I'm super pumped to see restaurants get to be back open and, you know, get back to a little bit of normalcy. I hope that it lasts and I hope everybody made it through. And that's why we continue to do the podcast. We want to help you get through all of that. So without any further ado, this conversation with Scott Wiener is about 49 minutes long as I look at the recording right now. So it's a little bit longer of an episode than we usually do. But, you know, Scott, he's great. He's a great talker. He knows a lot about his he knows a lot about pizza. Like if you ever want to have a conversation with somebody about the history of pizza and the nuances of pizza and all the different styles, Scott is definitely the go-to person for that. So, there's not a lot of advertisers. Actually, we're not going to have any sponsors for this episode. Just us. Go check out our mastermind group. Go check out the local business summit. I mean, sorry, the local business podcast. We talked about TikTok on the last episode. Go subscribe to that. That's it. Let's get into today's episode with Scott Weiner. On top of it, yeah, pizzerias are are pivoting and uh, doing what they can to stay in business. And uh, with, with an industry that's so takeout and delivery focused already, it's um, really cool to see a lot of people doing things the right way and being clean and being safe. I always get nervous when I see these pictures of pizzerias showing, you know, that they're that they're busy and that they're doing, but then they're that they're not taking precautions. Fortunately, that's the vast minority. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I've been talking to a lot of people, especially the last two weeks, and it seems that, you know, not that the pizza industry is lucky by any stretch, and I hate to use that term, but for business, you know, you're still able to open and operate, and you guys are nimble, right? Like they're really able to pivot and maneuver quickly to adapt to the current situation where a lot of places weren't. They were forced to close. Right. Absolutely. And and the being nimble is certainly a specialty with pizzerias because you're dealing with simple ingredients where the process is really the most important part. And, you know, it took hours before people were offering take home pizza kits and uh, like figuring out ways to serve their communities without putting them at risk. Yeah. And this is a Q&A session, guys. So far away your questions, whether it be for Scott or even myself, if you have a question for me. Um, there's a Q&A box so you can add them in there or just throw them in the chat. And if you have a question for us while we're talking, we'll stop and answer them in real time. Let me ask you a question. How did you get into the history of pizza? Like, how did that start for you? Well, when I started doing tours, the whole idea was I want to teach people more about pizza and pizzerias than they could learn just from visiting the place on their own or from doing a quick internet research session about it so that quickly turned into well i I gotta i gotta follow the trail of what information is out there and see what evidence i can compile so that on a tour i can hold up a notebook and show people things and and i realized that there's we have surface available but there's not a whole ton of depth all the books kind of say the same thing and when you start to scratch the surface you realize that a lot of what's going on below that surface is more complex and interesting than what's above it so I started uh, doing a lot of manual research in old phone books and <laughs> old phone archives and like, I, yeah, like I, what I think of as being really, really fun stuff. You, you're into that? Like you enjoy that? 
I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. It's uh, uh, doing a tour and eating pizza is wonderful. How could I ever not love that? But but doing the research and like finding the names popping up and the the you know finding information about oh wow they that person lived in that place instead of in this place, which is what they always said that you know that stuff is what's interesting to me. What's the most interesting fact you've ever found about a pizzeria or the pizza in general? Oh man, I I think I think what I love so much is the documentation, like that documented evidence. So it's not necessarily a specific fact, but it's more of like the nuance of the lives of these people. So we we have these histories of famous pizzerias, and I think in our minds, it's they're these mythical figures, and they they can't be touched. But then you see the marriage license, and you realize this is a life, a person, you know, somebody's family. And I feel like it, it makes me think a lot more about them as a person than just as a, like as a pizza maker from days gone by. Right. We have a couple questions already. Alan says, with all the places you work with, how many and how important is it to be helping out the community, i.e. giving food to healthcare workers? Oh, Alan. Raise That's a Alan. question and a half. <laughs> right. That's dang, let's hit the ground running, baby. So I um well, first of all, on the pizza tour, there are about sixty two or sixty-three pizzerias that I work with. Um and I encourage them all to participate in activities that I do with Slice Out Hunger, which is the nonprofit that I run. So Pete Scott's Pizza Tours is over here. That's one company. Slice Out Hunger is over here, totally different company. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, and there's a little crossover because it's both in pizza. Slice Out Hunger supports hunger relief actions and, and organizations by doing pizza-related campaigns and events all around the country. So I try to loop in pizzerias that I work with, but on top of that, there's another 150 that I work with around the rest of the country who are members of Slice Out Hunger. Actually, it's, it's probably getting closer to 200 right now. I know you and so, I talked about that uh, a couple days we ago. We have a camp. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, we were talking about the, the current campaign that we're running for Slice Out Hunger is called Pizza versus Pandemic, yeah. which is we're delivering pizza to uh, care centers, which is hospitals, clinics, uh, shelters, any place where people are affected by the epidemic by the pandemic and need support with pizza. And we're we're taking in donations, spending that money on pizza for for hospitals. So is and that's everywhere, right? That's not just in New York City. That's everywhere. Nationwide. Slice out hunger is nationwide. We do stuff everywhere. And do you think it's important for like the regular pizzeria down the street? Not necessarily from you, but like the neighborhood pizzeria. Do you think it's important for them to be helping out the workers or do you think that's necessary? I think that's what is more of his question. Well, is. Like, what do you think? What's your I opinion? think, yeah, I mean, well, my opinion is that every business should be socially conscious. Yeah. And that's, I, I know that when I, when I launched my business, which is a small business, you know, this is not like a, like a big 10 buses a day going out kind of thing. But when I launched, I decided right from the beginning that community involvement was part of the mission of the business. So we're not just there to sell tickets and do tours. We're there to support the pizzerias that we're working with. And whether that's through the tour or whether that's through Slice Out Hunger, it's, it's all the same. It's got to be community support. Pizzerias are in, it's a business. Yeah. You, you you do it to stay in business and to make money, but by being part of the community, it's you're also benefiting yourself in the long run because the pizzeria is and has always been a social center. And the pizzeria is the place that as a kid, I would when I was there, that was like us. It was like a, a third it was the third place for me. I'm not a coffee shop kid. It's a pizzeria kid, home school right. pizza shop literally and metaphorically right in the center. And, uh, you know, that expression of pizzeria being important to somebody's life emotionally then can be pulled out and extrapolated into being uh, important in a community because this is the place where people hang. This is the place where people socialize. It's, it's, it's the community space. And I think that's, 
That's what I think. No, I agree with you. I think it's important. I think being part of the community is kind of what business is all about for a local business. That's how you support them and they support you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we- think about it. You know, when you when you sponsor the baseball team or the soccer team, that 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 says something to them besides that they get new shirts that year. <laughs> That's true. I got one on right now. People send me shirts all the time too. Carmine's. Yeah. Um, all right, Calvin says, speaking of pizza history, how long after tomatoes were brought back from the New World did we start to see pizza-like products popping up in Europe? Is there any new, any evidence of ancient Native American civilizations using tomatoes for sauce or with cheese? Do you know anything? Awesome, awesome point. Because the tomatoes from Central America uh, and they're – the evidence and this is funny. We don't know exactly where the tomato is from. We don't know the specific cultivar that was brought to Europe. We do know that the Spanish brought it over in the 1520s. It probably lands in Italy in the 1540s. And the first published tomato sauce recipe in Italy is the late 1600s, 1693, 1694, somewhere around there. The evidence of it being used in Central and South America is as an uncooked product, like, um, like, like essentially it's like salsas, like what you have today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the use of it early in the day. But, uh, as for using it on a disc of dough and then baking it and calling it pizza, that's the thing that starts to trickle in, in the early and mid 18th century. It's but not really solidified until the late 18th century. So because the evidence we have of that time is writing, and illustration and and text and there's not a lot of text like like a published text that mentions the food at that point it's really mid to late 18th century so it takes a while where did you go for research on that do you go to the library or do you find that all on the internet no this is a lot of it's library stuff um you know references cookbooks there's some like great like well-known cookbooks that just have little bits and corners that you can dust off. And uh, there's, I should have brought a stack of them. I was going to say, go do you have the a, other room and grab, do you have like a resource on your website for people to look that stuff up? I don't yet, but I'm working on redoing the website. So I might, I might add that thing, that kind of thing in there. Wait, give me a second. I'm going to run and get a couple books. books. Right. I think it'll be important. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have questions why Scott goes and grabs those books, um, or comments or anything. Now's the time. Fire away. We'll answer them. We're going to hang on here. Next session's at 12. So we're going to hang in here till then. We'll answer all your questions. We're kind of hanging out with you and uh, talking a little pizza history, which is fun. Because Scott knows a lot about the pizza history. Actually, Anthony Falco, who is our next session, knows a lot too, which is which will be fun to talk to him at 12. But I like pizza. I don't know a lot of, about the history. I'm not as knowledgeable about the history as these guys are. So it's amazing for me to be able to ask their questions as well. So if you ever want to ask Scott something, now's your time. Next question I see up here. Uh, if you could have pizza from only one pizzeria for the rest of your life, which one would it be? That's a great question. Uh, last last meal ever, what's your go-to pizza from what pizzeria? That's another good one. I'm interested to see what he says because he, I mean, he's in New York, so he has a lot of great pizzerias in his area. I'd love to see what he says about how, like, what if he had to choose one pizzeria to go to? That's a tough question. What do you guys? Let me ask you guys in the comments. If you had one pizzeria to go to for the rest of your life, other than your own, which one would it be? Drop a comment. Let us know which one you'd go to. I want to see some answers there. Somebody asked you which pizzeria. We can get to this after that. Which pizzeria you'd go to if you could only go to one for the rest of your life, which I thought was funny. Um, so I asked it right back to them. I want to see what people's answers are other than their own pizzeria. Yeah, I mean that's that's a hard one. I mean, you got to pick one that that's light and gentle that you're not going to get tired of. That's got a lot of options. And if the question is about which is the pizzeria, then obviously I'm picking uh, Tony Gemignani's place in North Beach because they make like 13 different styles. So being <laughs> in that one place is like being in 13 different places. That's so true. It's an obvious answer. Uh, okay, so let me take you through a bunch of the books that I think are helpful. Let's do it. But these these books do not include primary sources like these are some of these are primary sources but a lot of them are secondary sources so one good primary thing oh my god cookbook uh from the late 18th late 19th early 20th century the art of eating well by artuzzi 
this is a great one. It's a cookbook, but you know, it's, it's from 120 years ago. So it's got some really cool stuff in there that we don't think about today. And what this says to us is not just about a recipe for a food. It's about what that food was considered at the time. So there's a thing called a, a pizza alla Napolitana in this cookbook, but it does not describe the pizza of today. It has milk and sugar and vanilla extract and all this other crap. In the dough? And it says, yeah, dude, wow. this is because pizza alla Napolitana, according to Artuzzi's experience in the year that this was written, which was like 1900, somewhere thereabouts, pizza was not considered the savory food. It was it was a sweet food. Or really, pizza was a, a broad word that described many different things that were all bread huh. related or baked related. So anyway, that to me says something really special about it. I got another bookmark in here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Pizza, pizza a libretti, like, you know, pizza like a book. This is more like a scacciata or like, like a bread product like we think of today. But it has eggs in it. It has green alcohol in it. Crazy. <laughs> have you have you like, ever this is not like recreated those recipes or done those recipes and <gasps> made it? I've always wanted to. Never did. Always yeah. wanted to though. I wonder what it would be like. Uh, this is really this is a primary source. Alexander Dumas published this in 1845. It's sketches of Naples. It's about his his journey through Naples on vacation, basically. French guy, he's a writer. He wrote The Man in the Iron Mask, he wrote The Three Musketeers all this stuff. And he's, he writes in it about, about pizza being like a bun and it's round and it's eaten by the poor people and just really good primary source about Naples and what it was like at the time written by somebody who was there. Wow. So that's primary. What's the name that's of that one? real good. That's sketches of Naples. Okay. You can find it online probably for free. I bought a little paperback copy just so I could have it. Uh, another, Oh my God. Great food book. Uh, so this one by Waverly Root, this one came out in the 70s, 1970s, I should say. Um, and it's, again, it's just like a really cool bit of information about what's going on in Italy at the time before pizza was this worldwide craze, or as it was becoming the worldwide craze. Yeah, this is 1971. We're going to have to link those cool. books up. You're going to have to send me links to those so we can share them because a lot of people here want to check I'll those I'll send up. you all of them. I mean, those are the primary source ones are my favorite books, but a lot of the research that, oh, wait, there's one more. Hold <laughs> the phone. I mean, there's a lot more, but some of these are, don't worry about them. This is the one. Okay, so this is 1570. It's called Opera by Bartolomeo Scappi, the private pope or the private chef for Pope Pius V. And he writes multiple recipes for things called pizza that none of them resemble what we use that word for today. Wow. So when that question came up about when pizza, when tomato lands, when how long between that and us seeing something really that's pizza-like, the word goes back earlier and refers to things that are way beyond what we consider pizza today. What was the first pizzeria in the U.S.? We'll never know. We'll probably never know. I mean, there there's evidence pizzerias in new york city in the early 18 or early 1890s 1893 1894 that's about the earliest we can nudge it right now yeah inevitably there will be a place that we dig up at some point an ad or a reference that maybe nudges it a little bit earlier but for a long time it was thought to not have happened until 1905 but that 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 line's been nudged back since then is it the same places or is it new places that are popping up New places that, I mean, think about it this way. Like, think about the most famous old place you've ever heard of in New York City, right? Whatever it might be. Well, that's a place you've heard of because it's still around. Or it only went out of business 15, 20 years ago. But all these places, think about what if a place opened up in 1890 for a month and then closed? Just don't know about it. Right. So that's why I'm saying we'll probably never know exactly who was the first? What are some but of the we, earliest ones that you know of? Oh, um, most of the early pizzerias were just called Pizzeria Napolitana. No names, including all the it. famous ones. Really? Yeah. To look, Totono's opened in 1924. That was just called Pizzeria Napolitana until 1940. Lombardi, same thing. It was called Pizzeria Napolitana. Uh, there is a Forno and uh, Forno e Pizzeria, the oven and Pizzeria, which is 1893, 1894. That was just the name of that place. 
I mean, they're all such vague, impersonal names. Attaching a name to it didn't come till later. Oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. So we have some questions here, Scott. Let's get into these. Uh, you answered yeah. the first one. If you had the one pizzeria for the rest of your life, it was Tony Gemignani's place, right? Yeah. And that's a cheap answer because Versatility. You, hopefully you know why I said that. It's Yeah. Because he's got a hundred different pizzas. So it's, it won't be so boring. Styles. After, like you're thinking five years down the road, five years down the road, one style of pizzeria may get old. I'm just thinking you think of your favorite place from childhood, but eating that every day forever. I don't know. But going to Tony G's place, I can have a different style every day for like three months. What if it wasn't every day? It's just the only place you could eat pizza. Um, I mean, that's still that one because of versatility. So you'd, you'd get years out of that before you got sick of it. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Last meal ever. What's your go-to pizza from what pizzeria? It depends on the circumstances. Am I about to be executed? Am I about to be put on a <laughs> desert island with no food? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is death imminent? If let's go through those. Imminent, let's go through those. All right. So let's say you're going to get stranded on a desert island. It's your last meal. Which one? Uh, Papa John's probably because then I feel like I would hate <laughs> it so much that I, would, I wouldn't miss pizza. Nice. You I, just want to die. Yeah, I just like if I eat that, I'm like, I don't even want to be exposed to this. I'm going to an island. <laughs> what about so same thing if you get killed then, right? If you're dying. Oh, then maybe you'd want a good pizza for your last day. Yeah, no, I want the one that I grew up with. I want Pizza House in Cranford, New Jersey, circa nineteen ninety three. I want like the version of it that I grew up eating to set to center me. So I'm ready to go to the next realm. What about if you can as soon as you can leave your house again? <laughs> come on i'm just making my own pizza no, all right <laughs> that's reality right now uh alan says he did register for slice out hunger thanks alan excellent uh listen just for anybody who has registered for that this is the slice out hunger office <laughs> uh i'm on uh we have a we have a whole brigade of volunteers working from home right now if i don't get back to you right away don't worry. It's going to happen. We're sending out emails as much as we can. We're, we're doing what we can. We're raising a lot of money and we're spending a lot of money at independent pizzerias all around the U.S. I I mean, I'll look up the numbers before this conversation is over and I'll tell you where we're at. Yeah, we got to get Boston on that train too. I'm trying to help out with that. Boston's on the train, man. I'm, I'm delivering to Boston all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, we got a partnership with Bertucci's and they're uh, sending pizza to a lot of spots. Excellent. We're also just, uh, you know, just ordering from independent spots all the time. Excellent. Uh, Jeffrey says, what other countries, regions, other than Italy, U.S., and Japan, do you think are advancing the evolution of pizza? I love that Japan is in the mix because they're definitely, uh, and I've never been, but I keep hearing that there's so much going on over there. Yeah, I have a lot of, we have a couple of listeners who are opening, who have opened up pizzerias in Japan and, and message us mm. all the time. I do think that a lot of countries are... Yeah. Yeah. I, I've met a bunch of people from Korea that are doing stuff. I think a bunch, a lot of countries are sort of spinning the wheels right now, trying to figure out New York style and Neapolitan pizza. So as, as far as evolution goes, I, I have hopes for Sweden because their pizza boxes are cool. But, <laughs> and, and I feel like London specifically, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there right now where there's a throwback for Neapolitan, yeah. which has to lead to some desire to, to get to the next level. The American ingenuity is definitely special because we find something and we we'll immediately want to change it to be different or better or what we see as better. In England, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more relaxed in Japan. It's we want to perfect this thing. And if, if it starts to jog a little bit to the left or right, then that could be harnessed. But uh, you know, Brazil's another one that's had pizza yeah, for a long time. That is true. But but their the evolution is kind of coming along slowly, and it's because of American interventions. We're, you know, we have people who uh, on Instagram they, they make a big noise, and then people in other countries kind of want to jump into it. Yeah. Someone cool. says uh, there's a comment. I had a Neapolitan margarita in London recently, where they put ketchup on the pizza instead of sauce. That's not innovative. That's <laughs> a disaster. Oh my gosh! Somebody, so I put a comment on my Instagram. Like it was like a, it was a girl like, like eating something as she was kind of like getting gagging. And I said like, when someone makes you eat Domino's, and a lot of people yelled at me and said that Domino's is good. I mean, listen, every pizzeria out there, every single pizzeria out there, has a fan, somebody who thinks that that is the best pizzeria they've ever ever been to, and. 
we we can't go and knock that, that down. That's true. Each everybody gotta, has their own opinion. We got to respect. Now, maybe that person hasn't been exposed to the sun or oxygen, but you know, to each their own, right? Yeah. All right. Next question from Benjamin. Thanks so much for doing this. I have two questions. Why pizza for you, Scott? And will there be another season of Really Dough? If so, when? Well, answer to the Really Dough question, I don't think there's going to be another season because Thrillist produces it. And Thrillist just, uh, I think they canceled a lot of video stuff. They they fired a bunch of the video people and I don't. Can't you do that on I your forgot. own though? I guess we could, but I'm, I'm not really capable. <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, they had a, that dude. That show was made with like a crew of ten people. Yeah. On production and then post production, the whole other set of people. And I would love to do more. Mark would probably love to do more. I mean, when I call, when we're on the phone, it's like an episode of Really Though. I should call <laughs> him right now and see what happens. Dial in. Yeah, seriously, he's the uh, he's he's really amazing. And why pizza? He's for something you? else. Why pizza? I mean, it's probably the same reason as pizza for everybody because. It's that one food that is, it's the North Star for me. It's also such a, it's a universal language. Anybody you ever meet, regardless of their religious, political affiliation, place of birth, anything, we can all talk pizza. And, and I think that's beautiful. And if you can use pizza as a lens to view everything else, I, I really feel like it brings in a balance of science and history technology, culture, and uh, I can't believe I didn't even say this. Yeah, I mean, it's delicious. Yeah. Come on. I think delicious. it's delicious. Yeah, it's it's like, also, it also constantly changes. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't have to mean one thing. That's what I was going to say. It's like, for me, it's because you can eat pizza. You could eat pizza every day and eat something different. Absolutely. It's also not a food that anybody owns. Right. It's not Italian. It's not American. It's not British. It's like, it's, it's a food that, it's a chameleon that when it lands in a new place, it conforms to what they need. How cool is that? Jeffrey says we need more really dough. Yeah, I would love to, man. Let's make that happen. I guess it's just going to be really, now it's called really Scott in his apartment. That's what it's called. <laughs> really can't go outside. Shout out to Frank Katina. I see he's in the chat. Shout out to Frank Katina. He is in the chat. All right, next question. What's your favorite pizza place in Chicago? I don't know if I can boil it down to one, but I'll tell you this. Give me top three. Well, I went to Middlebrow by Bungalow last time I was in Chicago. Yep. Yes. That is awesome. Pizzeria Bebo, awesome. Uh, Spockanopoly, Bebo, awesome. Yeah. I've had them on the podcast. Real good. And then uh, what's that place I just went to? Oh, with the Thin Crust. Oh, my God. What's the name? It's the Something and Somethings. Vito and Nick. And that's in Chicago, like downtown Chicago or where? In the suburbs? No, it's, it's south, south, like just south of Chicago. But I don't know. It's like a 25-minute drive, man. Vito and Nick's and, of course, and Coal Fire. Yeah. That's a good I mean, that, I, maybe that's more than one place. but That was eight, but that's fine. Eight slices in a pie, maybe. That's right. Um, uh, next question from Anonymous. Do you have any other hobbies, passions other than pizza-related? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I play music. That's, you, that's like a, you play an instrument or you sing? Yeah, I, I all of the above. What do I you mean, play? like my well, my uh, I'm a drummer and I play guitar. Nice. I mean, like this, my office is like you're looking at the half of it that's the pizza half, but then there's also a whole music half of things. Anthony says thanks for pizza versus pandemic, Scott. And is that Falco? Yeah, Falco, baby. What's up, Falco? He's yeah, like, pizza versus pandemic. Real quick, pizza versus pandemic. We take in donations at pandemic.pizza, and then we spend that money at independent pizzerias all around the country. And I mean, we're doing it every day, all day. So when I get off of uh, this uh, webinar situation, I'm back calling in hospitals and trying to spend money. Hey, you know we what? We have raised do? a lot do, of money so far. I'm going to so do something. Got to spend it. So this this webinar, this not webinar, but this summit is free, right? Summit. Yeah. Summit is free. Um, but there is like a link that you could pay to join if you don't have a coupon code. So it wasn't originally going to be free. So some people have paid. So what I'm going to do, Scott, anybody that paid for a ticket, I'm going to donate that money to you. Awesome. Awesome. So it's like, and if you, and if you got the free ticket, go and donate anyway. Yeah. So whatever money we take in for ticket sales, which it was supposed to be free anyway, I'm going to donate to you pizza versus pandemic. 
dude, that's awesome. Because I'll tell you right now, pizza versus pandemic, 100% volunteer run. Just got people scrambling and uh, trying to match up every donation we t- take with uh, hospitals. Right. And so far, we have ra- we have spent $127,000 on pizza. What are the donations like? What are pe- How much do people donate at a time? I mean, I'm looking at the whole list right now. Uh, let's see. We get $100. We get $50. We get $1,000. We had a, fi- a couple of $5,000 ones come in. That's great. But a lot of them are these from 25 to 100 bucks. That's Most awesome. of them. Yeah. I'll get off. I'll, I'll share that with you when we get off here. All right, let's cool, go. We got, we got 11, so let's go rapid fire in these. Um, Brand. What did you say the name? What was the name of the first book you mentioned for the books you showed? What was the name of that? Oh, one? the Artuzzi book. Okay. This is called, uh, sorry, it's it's backwards. I think you guys see this backwards maybe. I don't know. No, show, hold it's it up again. The, Art, the nope. Art of Eating Well. Nope, it's right. Okay, cool. I just, I guess I see it mirrored. This is The Art of Eating Well um, by Pellegrino Artuzzi. And this came out, I think it was 18, late, late like 1880s, 1890s. All right, awesome next, book. Next question. Uh, hey, Scott and Bruce, what are your favorite pizza or restaurant books, non-pizza history related? Any updates? I want to hear from you, Bruce. What are, what are your favorites? I don't really read that many books, to be honest with you. Um, well, Setting the Table, Danny Meyer's book. That's a good one. That's, I mean, I feel like for everybody who thinks that uh, and hold on a second. I don't run a restaurant. I don't own a restaurant. So take this with a grain of whatever. Uh, that's a book all about caring for the customer and how to, how to use like care and love in running the restaurant. And I think that's, that's the thing a lot of people miss when they're so obsessed with what's the hydration of the dough yeah. and what grain, what size grain of salt should I use? Totally. You agree. Miss, if you miss the point of you know, making a restaurant a restaurant. I have a couple books upstairs that I'll share. Um, but I forget the name of them to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not like a researcher, so I, I get a couple books, but I don't really remember the name of them. But I'll share them with you guys. Uh, what do you think of Frank Pinello's pizza? Oh, Frank Pinello's his white pizza with the caramelized onions and the sesame seeds on the crust. <sighs> That's one of those things that. Yeah, I just I love that pizza so much. Uh, Frank's got a good pizza. I've been to his place a few times. He's got a good pizza there. It's light. Yeah. What style of pizza do you think will be trending next? Style? What style will be trending? I think it's I think it's kind of turning into a mishmash of all styles. Like people I think people are taking what they like from the whole Neapolitan, neo Neapolitan thing, but then they're saying, like, well, I like that burnt cheese on the edge of a Detroit, so why can't I do them both together? And that's I think that's what's happening is People, people figuring out that they don't have to just do one style. Yeah, you don't. You don't just have to play one sport. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan combined. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched Space Jam the other day. <laughs> Best city in the country other than New York? Probably for pizza. For pizza I'm, I'm or assuming. just oh, um, you know, um, best city. I think. For okay, New York's got like that many pizzerias, and like this many of them are really, really good, right? Most cities have like this many pizzerias, and this many are really, really good. I think Portland, Oregon has this many, and this many are really good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm trying to make it a little smaller, like, and that's um, I don't know if Falco's still on here, but Falco was talking up Portland a lot about it maybe a year, year and a half ago, and um, and he's totally right. Portland, I think, is the in his words, the most, I don't know if he said the most exciting pizza city or something like that. We've had a lot uh, of people from Portland on the show. Dude, Portland, Oregon is just, you know what, like New York City, people people are tied to a, the history. And if you like, if you don't make like a, a New York slice, then it's, it's harder to, to get pizzazz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anthony uh, just said PDX, greatest pizza city in the USA. Yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's, Falco dropped that bomb and everybody and I, people were asking me like, what do you think? Is he right? And it's like, what are you talking about? Of course he's right. <laughs> Have you the been there? Eats pizza and knows pizza. Yeah, my brother lives in Portland. I go there once or twice a year. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I love pizza in Portland. All right, next question. Food from- in Portland. Oh my God, food in Portland. Next question oh. from Lloyd. Scott, 10 years, uh, in 10 years, what would be something you would look back 
as something, someone that changed pizza history or pizza box history? Who in 10 years, who are you going to look back on? And they really changed the history of pizza in the or pizza boxes. I don't know. Maybe something's happening right now. 10 years. We'll, I hope. We'll redo the show in 10 years and you can answer that question. Honestly, yeah, I just have no way to answer that question. I like to I like to answer questions with like some facts. Right. And that's like a that's like a dreamy kind of question. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I don't know because I think who, people who are out there making compostable working on compostable pizza boxes that are affordable, easy to store and stack, uh, the, I mean that that's it. I hope. I hope that's it. All right, Don says next question. Um, Scott, do you get recognized stopped in the streets? If so, what are they bothering you with? Do people stop you in the street and say hello? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not but very, yet. But it's so weird. Like all the time, these people are trying to uh, are telling me that they want to give me their um, music on CDRs, and it's just happening to me. They're like in New York. They're like, "Hey, you should check out my new album." It's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, how?" Yeah, no, no, just, that was just a little joke oh. for people. What's no, Mark I, like in I real life? He's exactly like he is on really dope. Nice. Seriously. <laughs> same, same there's way. no script. It's, they just say like, all right, Scott, bring in this pizza and eat it with Mark. And then he asks me what foie gras is. <laughs> that happened in his show and it's real. Was it on the show? Like, did he get into this episode? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey asks, how do you think home pizza cooking is changing? Uh, example, frozen pizzas, brick ovens, portable ovens like Ono, Oni or Rocco uni. Box? Oni. What is Rock it? Box. Oh, yeah. Oni and Rock uni. Box. They're like portable outdoor little like a lunchbox oven. Uh, I think the home pizza thing is changing just because people can get more technology in the home right now. Uh, the pizza stones and baking steel and the uni and all that stuff. And Breville has a tabletop oven that gets to 750 degrees or higher. That thing is crazy. But I also think that people are just getting better at understanding how to work with dough at home. Maybe people were afraid of it and then now they're into it. Yeah. When you see something on, what do you call that thing? Instagram. When you see on Instagram, somebody showing you how to do something and you're like, wait a second, that's it? Or like those stupid videos where it's top down. I don't know. I just think that sometimes what's going on in the back of the house seems like a mystery. Yeah. And when you suddenly just put a camera on it, it's like, oh, just put butter in the pan and throw some onions in there and a little bit of salt and it tastes great. I could do that. I'm more into I'm more into making pizza at home in the last two years than I am going out for pizza. Why why do you think that is? I think my kids are getting older and the dietary needs of my kids are different now, you know? They have some certain mm -hmm. things that we have to watch out for and they just like to experiment and make dough at home and experiment with bread and flours and toppings for pizza and it's like a fun thing that they can do, we can do together at home versus going out to a restaurant, which is, you know, I love going out to restaurants and getting pizza out, but when you have five people in your house, you it sometimes it's fun to make pizza at home. Totally. I think that being restricted and not really being able to leave the house and that doesn't that being as well, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I I haven't ordered any food to take in. We've just been cooking at home, and it really puts you into a box. And now I feel like I've been experimenting. I finally tried the um, stovetop and then under the broiler method. Yep, that got really good results from that. So I feel like my I'm making pizza more often because I realize that the the, the hurdles are lower than yeah. than they used to be. Even preheating my oven for an hour. Well, you've been doing tutorials about really starter and stuff at home too, right? Lately? Yeah, I figured, well, you know, I'm at home and I, I haven't started a starter in 10 years. I've had the same starter for 10 years. So start a starter and then put up a video. I did a video clip every day at 11 o'clock for the first 10 days of the quarantine, at least my quarantine. And um, it was cool. People at home were like, hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Hey, I just made pizza with the starter. And it's like, oh. You have the power. Did you save those videos, by the way? You should like put them out somewhere so we could all watch them. Again. They're all in a highlight. They're in a story highlight. Okay. And then I'll I'll probably lump them together and put it on YouTube if you can tell me how to do that, Bruce. We'll talk about that after. I'll definitely tell you. Cool. Because uh, I was watching those too, but I missed a couple. So I was like following along for sure. Yeah, they're all in the highlight. And then I, I would love to string it along as a, as a YouTube video. It's probably going to be like a five-minute video. Definitely. We'll, I'll help you with that. 
Um, when you when you judge a pizza, Scott, what do you look for? What is the most important to you? Appearance, taste, or texture? Well, taste and texture are more important than appearance. Although you eat with your eyes first, so that's kind of it's a little bit of it. But um, I mean, it's more like every pizza starts at a hundred percent, and then you knock off points as it's undercooked or baked unevenly, or topping distribution is a master first thing you have to assess what's the goal of that pizza so if it's a deep dish pizza its goal is different from that of a neapolitan pizza so once i know what sport am i watching then i know the set of rules that i use to to ref the sport i have to say as a judge of pizza like you and i were both judges at the atlantic city one i have to give a hundred a ton of credit to those people who make pizzas there because it is not easy to make a pizza in that environment well it's not it's not a competition about whose pizza is the best it's really about who's the better pizza maker so under we're all under that like everybody making pizza is under the same stress true and the same pressure and it's cold in that room and it's the refrigerators are bad the ovens are bad it's like all right show us what you can do we know you can do a lot at home but that's true what can you do good point Dude, when you enter enter the battle dome, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The rules are two may enter and one may leave. <laughs> All right. Uh, so since you're best friends with Mark, can you tell us something about his pizza? I would love to recreate his style. Man, Mark, it's a mystery and his pizza is sort of a mystery. There's nothing really complicated about his pizza at all. It's it's simple dough. It's like everybody probably knows the, the dough recipe. I mean, it's like, his flour he uses isn't that crazy. Yeah, the uh, it's not like he's using a, a weird fermentation method. Like it's all pretty standard. I think what's going on in his pizza is you have to ignore all the obsessing over little bits. Ignore all that. Ignore thinking about weighing everything perfectly accurate. The other day on the phone he said, well, "You know what's a hydration? I got a bucket with a line." <laughs> you know, that, you know what I mean? Like that's the joke of that. It, it, but it's really he said that with his mouth, and like, cool. Was he serious? If that's serious, what works, though. man. Yeah, you... Mark is almost always serious, even when he's joking. He's serious. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't sweat it. Don't sweat Mark Mark's recipe. Just just ignore all the nerves. Just make it experiment, right? Yeah. Throw a wine bottle on it like he does. Nice. James says, Scott, your starter content on Instagram is great. Thank you for sharing. By the way, I fed my new starter last night and my old starter the same amounts, and the new starter is jumping. The old starter is lagging a little bit. I wonder if I swapped the labels by accident, but at least the one that's labeled new starter is like popping. Nice. Um, Someone says, heading to Portland, Seattle this August, hopefully. Where should I get pizza? Scotty's Pizza Parlor, Lovely's 50-50, a Pizza Shoals, uh, Red Sauce. Pizza Jerk? So, yeah, Pizza Jerk. I mean, there's so many. But I, I think Scotty's, Lovely's 50-50, and a Pizza Shoals, and then Ken's Artisan Pizza. Like, it's awesome. Totally awesome. What's your favorite healthy pizza? All pizza's healthy. Good answer. Um, do you think electric ovens are going to take over in the commercial market? That's, I don't know if I can answer that question because I'm not like involved in that side very much. I do think that there's a huge ramp up happening right now. And I hope that they take over because the management is much easier than a wood fired oven. The bake is more consistent than a wood fired oven. Uh, it's a little less sexy, but if we can get over that, Make the sexiness the pizza, not the oven. Right. If we can get over the the oven not having a live flame, then I think everybody would be in better shape. Did you really drink that starter, someone said? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you really? I drank a little bit of it. <laughs> okay. That was I mean, well, it was it was it was milk with, with a lot of water in it. it wasn't really starter. Right. I thought it looked like but, milk. I was like, oh, that's gotta be milk. Thank you for believing. At what point did you catch on? Me? Yeah. That it was milk? Yeah, that it wasn't starter. Was when it, it started, when it like when I saw the the when I saw the texture of it going all over you, I knew that it wasn't. I just want to make sure it wasn't the first shot where it, I tried to make it look like every other shot, 
Yeah, no, it wasn't that. So it that was, you'd be like, okay, it's starter, and then. <laughs> when, when it, when it, I didn't think you were going to actually do it. I thought you were going to cut off. And then when it went all over you, I said, that's got to be milk. It looks like milk texture. That was not planned. I just thought I would drink a little bit of it and then cut it off. But then one thing led to another. My initial reaction was, man, his poor floor. That's going to be a mess. I should mop it up. <laughs> uh, Harsh says, what, do you, uh, what are your favorite dishes apart from pizza? What else oh, do you like man, besides man. for pizza? I love barbecue. I love ramen. I love fried chicken. I mean, I love pasta. Like, I make pasta at home not as often as I should, but we just made uh, tagliatelle the other night with a, a kale pesto. Mm. So freaking good. So pasta, barbecue, fried chicken. Yeah, donuts. Go. Yeah, donuts. Ice cream. Love the ice chocolate cream. chip cookies. All you know good. the food groups. Yeah, <laughs> the major food groups there. Best pizza in New Jersey that often goes under the radar. La Cecilia in Bellevue. Why is it under the radar? I don't know. The Raiders not very good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, right. look, people talk about Ratza, which I love. Yep. Love. People talk about Star Tavern. What a great, great spot. People talk about uh, Santillo's. I love Santillo's. I love Al Santillo, everything. But not a lot of people talk about La Cecilia and Papa's in Robbinsville. People don't talk about Papa's enough. People talk about Di Lorenzo's, not Papa's so much. Uh, someone says, I live very close to La Cecilia. Very good pizza. Yeah, they, they, they have a grandma pizza there. It may be the first grandma pizza I ever had. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got, so good. we got to wrap up here in three minutes. So if you have a final question, hop it in here for Scott. Um, Scott, before we get to the final questions, I just want to say thanks for joining us for this. This was awesome. Thank you so much for participating. Thanks for doing the summit. Yes, we have so much more coming up today. So sit tight. By the way, I decided... I decided to drink out of my Pizza Expo cup from a few years back in honor of the fallen angel of 2020 that is Pizza Expo. <laughs> It'll be back next year. Yeah, but it's sad. It is. But like, it's sad for like, you know, everything. At least it wasn't like that just got canceled. Like baseball, basketball, hockey, all that. Everything's getting canceled. We're all still yeah, but home. Honestly, who cares about hockey? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I live in Boston, man. A lot of people do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you eat pizza from any big chains or do you just prefer independent pizzerias? I mean, I just like good pizza. I, I like the little Caesars uh, square pie that they make, but I don't eat it very often because I'm usually bouncing around in pizzerias. So there's just like not a lot of time. Yeah. I can't really hate on the chains, but uh, I just don't have a lot of opportunity to, to eat them. So, the amount of pizza you eat. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it would be silly for you to go to a chain, but like you eat pizza so often at good pizzerias that why would you go to a chain? Yeah, it's just like, look, if the chain, if that's what you have, if you don't have access like I have here, yeah, then of course you would go there, and I can't, can't disrespect you for that. But you know, even now during a lockdown, I can, I can go down the street and get a slice if I really, really wanted to. Uh, thanks, Scott. You're what he said. Uh, Chris says thanks, Scott. One of our uh, favorite IG followers. Good to see you, Scott. Stop in to Luna when the crisis is over. How do you? How do you? <gasps> Luna, hold on. Luna yeah. in Three Bridges, New Jersey. Another underrated one. Kind of like a Neapolitan-inspired New York pizza, thin, crispy. I mean, the I, last time I ate there was ten years ago, but I still remember it. That should say something. Excellent. How do you pick the pizzerias you go to on your tour? We always start off at a place that's got some historic value. Old coal oven, a wood-fired oven, something we can really latch onto. And then the tour guide decides where to go after that based on the group. So if the group is if the group is like all from Australia and never been in New York, we gotta get a New York slice. If they're all New Yorkers, we gotta spread it out a little bit there and try go. some other stuff. So it's really based on each tour is different. It's all different. It's always custom. Excellent. All right, I'm going to hit the stop button. Thank you so much, Scott. Where can people go follow you or check you out or uh, support Pizza versus Pandemic if they want to do that? Check out, so check out, um, P- so check out P- 
pandemic.pizza, or you can just go to sliceouthunger.org. You can donate. You can send in a recommendation for a care center. We have over a thousand care centers that have already been suggested, and we're trying to buy pizza for all of them. You can go to scottspizzatours.com for my schedule of uh, weird virtual events that I'm doing. We have a bunch of free events happening during the day. And then we also have custom private events that we do every day and almost every night where we can do virtual tours and pizza making lessons and all that kind of stuff. And uh, on Instagram, of course, Scott's Pizza Tours. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Bruce. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Scott. It's always a pleasure having Scott join me on the podcast. It's always fun talking to him about pizza because we're both passionate about that. And you can see what Scott is passionate about and the way he talks about it, you know he loves it. If you haven't been on one of his tours yet, highly recommend you go do that. You can visit him over at scottspizzatours.com and check out Pizza versus Pandemic, Scott's Scott's charity that he runs where he takes donations and he delivers pizza to healthcare workers, but he purchases them from pizzerias across the country. So go check that out, Pizza versus Pandemic, uh, over at sliceouthunger.org, I believe that is. We'll link it up in the show notes for this episode as well. If you need some help from us, you can visit me at the Bruce Irving on Instagram or at Smart Pizza Marketing if you want some pizza pics and tag us on Instagram as well, at Smart Pizza Marketing to be featured on that page. And like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, if you want some help from us and you want to figure out what's working and what's happening when you comes to reopening the restaurants, check out our mastermind group, two monthly calls, access to all of our webinars and tutorial videos, also a private Facebook group and monthly access to calls that we have and record with other entrepreneurs and business owners. And we kind of talk about what's working right now, not about what happened a year ago or what we think is coming in the future, but we talk and discuss what's working in the restaurant industry, marketing, hiring, training, all of that stuff in the moment, two times every single month. If that sounds like you, go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Fill out the little survey there. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll send you a a follow-up call for us to hop on the phone and kind of see if it's a good fit for you. Other than that, guys, I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week right here on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast.